Today's reading comes from Matthew 17, verses 1 through 9. Six days later, Jesus took with him Peter and James and his brother John and led them up a mountain by themselves. And he was transfigured before them, and his face shone like the sun. His clothes became dazzling white. Suddenly there appeared to them Moses and Elijah talking with them. Then Peter said to Jesus, Lord, it is good for us to be here. If you wish, I will make three dwellings here, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. While he was speaking, suddenly a bright cloud overshadowed them, and from the cloud a voice said, This is my son, the beloved. With him I am well pleased. Listen to him. When the disciples heard this, they fell to the ground, and they were overcome with fear. But Jesus came and touched them, saying, Get up, and do not be afraid. And when they looked up, they saw no one except for Jesus alone. And they were coming down the mountain. Jesus ordered them, Tell no one about the vision until after the Son of Man has been raised from the dead. This is the story of the transfiguration. Uh, The Greek word for this is literally metamorphosis. And it describes Jesus going through an extraordinary change. In the same, kind of along the same vein of a caterpillar becoming a beautiful butterfly. Jesus of Nazareth, the, the carpenter's son and itinerant preacher and troublemaker dirty and dusty, is transfigured into uh, glory. And he is shining as if a light were coming from within him. And figures from uh, the Hebrew people's past, uh, Moses and Elijah, appear with him. And of course, the disciples are amazed at this. There's a lot of commentary, a lot of things have been said about the transfiguration and about what's going on here. Why, why Moses, why Elijah, all of these things. First thing I'll say is they go up onto a mountain, which as I've said before, uh, when Matthew wants to make his point, really important things in Matthew always happen on the mountain. Uh, the Sermon on the Mount for example, is uh, what we've been talking about. And now Jesus once again takes three of his homies up the mountain again to uh, show them something. And they get up there and Jesus metamorphoses into the glorified Christ. And uh, he shines and he's consulting with Moses and Elijah, uh, perhaps in Matthew, to point out that Jesus is kind of the new Moses uh, being presented to us. And so uh, by having the two patriarchs there, uh, Jesus is given some additional authority. Uh, others have said that they're within the, Bi- the Bible for Elijah, but then there's an extra biblical a story, if you will, about uh, Moses not uh, dying, but being tra- uh, being lift, being transported to heaven. And so, these two figures in Jewish history or in Jewish lore, if you will, uh, did not die, but were uh, transported to heaven 
And so maybe that's why they are appearing here with Jesus as two others who, who are kind of in bodily form in heaven, perhaps. Uh, some have said this represents the entirety of uh, the Old Covenant, uh, the prophets and the law, the law being Moses and the prophets being represented by Elijah. Suffice it to say, there they all are uh, on the mount. And the disciples see this and uh, are amazed. And Peter, of course, of course it's Peter. Peter goes over and he's like, oh, Jesus, it's so, you look so great. <laughs> You're looking fabulous. Well, you know what? This is so incredible. I think let's build a shelter and let's, you know what? Let's just stay here. I'll build a, a tent, a sukkot in Greek, uh, a tent for you and for Elijah and for Moses, and we'll just, we'll just stay here. And we'll bask in your glory, and you can lay out some wisdom on us, and we can just, we can just hang out here on the mountaintop. At any rate, Peter and the disciples were hoping that they could hunker down there for a little while and just experience this this exquisite glory of Christ. But then a booming voice from above came, which caused them to fall to the ground, which is an appropriate thing when you hear a booming voice from heaven. Uh, I, so I recommend that. If you ever hear a booming voice from heaven, fall to the ground. That's, a, that's the appropriate way to do it. But that, and that's what they did. And uh, the booming voice said, This is my son in whom I am well pleased Listen to him. Uh, suggesting that perhaps they were missing some things. <laughs> but listen to him. And this is the exact same voice from heaven in the exact same phrase that we heard at the beginning of Matthew when Jesus was baptized and the Holy Spirit as a dove descended upon him and the voice from heaven declared Jesus to be my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. And here that declaration is reiterated. This is my Son, my beloved, in whom I am well pleased. Um, and when the disciples finally look up from their shivering and shaking on the ground, they see that Jesus has been turned back into Jesus of Nazareth, the carpenter, the itinerant preacher, the guy who prefers Andrew's lentil soup to Peter's lentil soup, which sometimes causes tension. <laughs> uh, the guy who gets tired and who has to bandage his feet once in a while. And I can't help but feel like the disciples look up and they're kind of like, aww, <laughs> a little disappointed. Aww. Really? <laughs> and they head back down the mountain. And Jesus tells them not to, don't spread this around until after I've risen from the dead. And, you know, this, this incident actually comes on the heels of Jesus sharing with his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem, he must suffer and die, and on the third day rise again, which causes some consternation among the disciples. <laughs> And it's also on the heels of Peter declaring Jesus as the Christ, the Messiah, the anointed one, the one they'd been waiting for. So they've been on an emotional roller coaster already. <laughs> and now they, have, they go from 
the heights of utter ecstasy to the depths of utter despair as they recognize, okay, this was just a glimpse of glory, not the real deal, not the whole Megillah. You know, as I, and I, I hear this story, as I, I hear this story, I think, you know, we, we find ourselves in this, in this struggle constantly, perhaps, within ourselves. Of the, of the Jesus of Nazareth, the itinerant Jewish mystic, who went around talking about the kingdom of God, desperately telling us, please, live these things out. Live in a new way. Be the kingdom of God that this world desperately needs. And and you can almost hear the panic in Jesus' voice as He preaches from the mount that there is a new way. Love your enemies. Pray for those who persecute you. Blessed are those who mourn. All of these things as Jesus pleads with us, live into the kingdom of God and stop living in the world around us, but live in God's world, God's empire, God's very relevant presence within us. Please live into that. Jesus pleading with us and preaching a message that is at once uh, life-giving to the poor and the disenfranchised and those who are left out and confrontational to the haves and to those in power and those who would use their power to push down everyone else and those who would use religion, especially my Lord, who would use religion to oppress and to hold down and to exploit We find ourselves torn between that Jesus of Nazareth, son of the carpenter, troublemaker, and the deified Christ, the Christus victor, the Jesus of the transfiguration, the Jesus of glory, the Jesus who has ascended into heaven and who will come again and fix this mess we have created. Who will come not only in glory, not only deified, but in power. Who will come and make things right. Who will come and will will attend to us. Who, when we are out of control, will intervene and make things right again. We'll fix this world and fix our lives and fix what's going on. Because at certain times in our lives, we need a God, uh, an incarnation, an, uh, a Jesus who is high and lifted up. Amen? We need that Jesus. Sometimes we need... Here, I got, a, I got illustrations. <laughs> we, we need this Jesus, the transfigured, glorified high and lifted up. Look at him. He's not even touching the ground. He's so holy. He's so holy and lifted up there. And that Jesus is so amazing. And it glows with a glow. And, you know, I'm sorry. This one's pretty Caucasian. But <laughs> but glows with, with a, a light that comes from within. That's the Jesus. When we are feeling completely and utterly powerless... This is the Jesus we want. Amen? Oh, Lord, we need that Jesus. We need that deified. We need to go up on the mountain and see a Jesus that transcends this stuff, this flesh and bone. And yet, that can't be the only Jesus we have. Because this Jesus, this Jesus is sometimes 
way transcendent. Right? Oh, Jesus can resist the devil. But I really can't. I'm just flesh and bone. Oh, Jesus can live out and, and be and talk about the king. Oh, it's easy for Jesus to say. He's the son of God. He's high and lifted up. He's glorified. Sure, sure, Jesus turned the other cheek. Easy for you to say, right? Uh, and then that becomes a, a handy excuse for us when Jesus is so, I'm going to put it down here, uh, is so high and lifted up that Jesus is so completely unattainable. If you've ever been in my office, you see the Jesus that I kind of relate to. It's this Jesus. <laughs> this kind of dirty, uh, been working. Look how worn out his hands are. And he's got that scruffy beard. It hasn't really been taken care of very much. He's got, he combed his hair, at least, for the picture. <laughs> and, uh, you know, this is Jesus. Jesus, the guy who walks around and gets dirty. The Jesus who, who laughs when, uh, when Peter says things. And makes, and makes jokes. And if you don't think there's humor in the Bible, you're not, you're not reading it close enough. Uh, you know, who, who, who makes jokes and the Jesus who works day in and day out to say, we can live differently together. And it's not because, it's not because of supernatural things or not because of miracles that I perform and not because uh, of, of anything, but because of what the Holy Spirit and because of what God has placed within you, you and me together can make things different. You can get through the struggles. You can live it out. And yes, they can, they can oppose you. They can oppress you. And my Lord, they can even kill you. But that will not stop what you are about, what we can accomplish together. That's, that's what Jesus' message of the resurrection is. And, of the, that even though they took this man and they beat him and hung him on a cross, what Jesus lived for did not die, but lives. And what Jesus lived for lives within you and me. It is legacy and it is our inheritance. Amen? What we have been given. We need this Jesus too because as the voice from, high, from on high said up on the mountain, this is my son in whom I am well pleased. Listen to him. Hear what he is saying. This Jesus, we don't need to hear anything He has to say. He's going to take care of it. We just need to be passive recipients of His benevolence and His power and hope that we're on the right side, right? <laughs> I mean, we, need, we just need to... And, and I, don't get me wrong, we need that. We need those days. There are those days when it's, it's just, God, I am powerless. I need you to be the one in power. We need that Jesus on those days. But God pleads with us, listen to this Jesus. Listen to what He's saying because the words Jesus is giving to us, the message that He brings is one that empowers you and me 
to be the body of Christ and to be the kingdom of God. Amen? So on this, on this day, as we contemplate the transfiguration, the metamorphosis, and then the re-metamorphosis, I'm sure there's a great Greek word for that, but I didn't look it up. Uh, the re-metamorphosis of Jesus back into Jesus of Nazareth. As we struggle ourselves, which Jesus am I, am I needing to tap into right now? I would challenge you to really pray about that and think through that. And when we run too quickly to this Jesus, maybe ask yourself, should I be, should I be paying attention to this Jesus? And when we run, when we get too hung up on this Jesus, and we start to feel powerless, maybe ask ourselves, do I, do I need to focus on this Jesus and allow this Jesus to, to transcend, help me transcend everything that's going on around me? I pray you wrestle with that a little bit. That we find ourselves embracing a fullness here and a complexity and a... And a a spectrum, even, of all the possibilities of how the Christ, Jesus of Nazareth, can enter in our lives. Let us pray. Our loving and gracious God, as we, as we contemplate Jesus the Christ, as we think about both the person who, who walked and preached and lived and died we, we think about the things that were said and how powerful that message was. And yet, God, we also recognize that it didn't stop there, that Jesus rose again, reminding us that no matter what this world can do, God wins. And there is new life. There is resurrected life. And that what Jesus stood for will not die, but lives and breathes within us. We thank you for this message and for this day. In the precious and powerful name of Jesus we pray. Amen.